You're listening to the 40 Days of Praying for Revival Devotion. Revival Reign Day 13. Humility is absolutely necessary. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. We know the prayer of 2 Chronicles so well. It is a verse of hope when our land is hurting and broken, when our country is overrun by wicked people, when the economy is crashing, when disease is rife and when crime is out of control. This is the verse we go to. This is the verse that South Africans turned to in early 1994, when full-scale civil war was threatening to tear the fabric of society ahead of the first democratic elections. They are the words of God and they are words of life and hope. They are a great promise that we can stand on. God will hear us and he will heal our land. However, there is a condition to note. It says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Humility is a key to unlocking the promise of healing in the scripture. It is a kingdom virtue of incredible value and completely necessary as a precursor to revival. For this is what the High and Exalted One says, He who lives forever, whose name is holy, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. (laughs) That's Isaiah 57 verse 15. Who does God dwell with and who Does he revive? He revives the lowly and the contrite. In other words, the humble. Revival is reserved for the humble. Humility is a rare virtue and is easily overlooked or ignored in our day. Our world is not impressed with it, but it is sought, prized, and pursued by God. It has a magnetic God quality. It attracts him more than anything. He delights in it. He rewards it. He chooses it as his dwelling place and place of revival. In Isaiah 66 and verse 2, it says, Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit, and who tremble at my word. The great intercessor Andrew Murray wrote, Humility is not a thing we bring to God. It is also not a thing God gives to us. It is simply the realization of what nothings we really are when we truly see how God is everything. And when we clear out room in our hearts so that He can be everything for us. Humility comes when we truly see how God is everything to us. As long as God is something and not everything, we won't fully possess 
this virtue called humility. Revivalists have all had something in common. They all arrived at the place, albeit in different ways and circumstances, where God became everything to them. He was not just another thing in their lives. Having Him was not another objective. It was everything. His name, His glory, His desires, His mission took absolute precedence over their names, their success, their desires, and their mission. That is humility. Psalm 115 verse 1 says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us. But to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness. Such was the heart of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. He was a Roman, which meant that he was separate from the covenants and promises of God. Cornelius was also rich and powerful. He could have looked down with pride on Jews and lived a comfortable life. But he chose to seek God's face and pray and give generously to the Jews and to the poor. And the result was God could not ignore his humble heart. He sent Peter to his house and poured out a wonderful revival on him and all his household. You see, God often chooses the humblest places and people for revival. In the early 1990s, he chose a small church in Toronto near the airport for an outpouring that would see millions coming through the doors. That church became the number one tourist destination in Canada. He chose a wooden building in Azusa Street on the wrong side of town. It had sawdust on the floor and it used two wooden shoe boxes as a pulpit. The leader of the revival, William Seymour, was the son of former slaves and would often put his head in those boxes and pray for hours every day. He was a man marked by humility. Scripture describes Moses as the most humble man on earth in Numbers 12 and verse 3. And think how God met with him so that Moses' face beamed God's glory. But none of this should surprise us because he also chose a manger as his place of birth. He chose Nazareth. He chose slaves in Egypt. He chose uneducated fishermen. He is attracted to humility. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 27 says, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised. God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are so that no flesh should glory in his presence. Saints, as we pray for revival, let's remember that we are humbling ourselves. We are emptying ourselves of ourselves because we see God and the move of God in our generation as everything. Nothing is more important or desirable to us but that He would rend the heavens and come down and establish His kingdom and take His glory. And this is why when we pray for revival, we bow our hearts and we bend our knees. And so we pray, Lord, 
I bow my heart and I bend my knee. Send revival and start with me. Pour out your spirit in an unprecedented way. May all who hear be saved today. May all who are saved proclaim the way. Lord, send revival and start with me. Thank you for listening to this devotion. We hope you are inspired to keep praying and to keep believing for revival in our days.